I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. And this is Radio Free Jersey Presents of All Time. On this episode, Rolling Stone Magazine's best concert movies of all time, which is <laughs> actually what they called the thing. Right, exactly. As if, uh, you know, what's it? Life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art, <laughs> or <laughs> exactly. something like that. <laughs> um, are we rolling? So we're we're in now full on month I don't know seventy eight of um, <laughs> quarantine or self staying at home and right. uh, all of those fun things. Uh, I just I feel bad for for bars that can't do uh, Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. So lots right. of people will be doing Taco Tuesday. It's funny, right? right? Cinco, finally, Cinco de Mayo happens on a Tuesday, right? Exactly. And, uh, the knuckleheads can't do Taco Tuesdays at a bar. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> You know, with their uh, tequila. Although I did get a nice email the other day from the folks at Drizzly, uh, which mm-hmm. do alcohol, um, you know, booze deliveries. They were they were pairing tequila with different Mexican dishes that you can make at home. Uh, nice. Or, so or, almost like a a wine a wine suggestion. If like oh, if you're if you're having the venison, definitely get this red wine type of thing. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Okay. Um. um it's, so a uh, quick tangent, how do you like, I, you are this, now the second person uh, who I've talked to, which in the last two days that have uh, told me about using Drizzly for their alcohol delivery. Uh, and he was very happy with it and uh, it was very helpful for him. Uh, have you been using it? Do you like it? I, I have. I've also gone to the liquor store. I've, I've used mm-hmm. Drizzly a couple of times. It's very simple. It was very easy, uh, but they didn't have... Well, except for around here, I had to buy from Cedar Grove Liquors. Oh. So there was a little, you know, I was a little bristled at that from a... Uh, if those of you, you know, because that was our rival while we were right. for three years of high school. Exactly. Um, no, Drizzly is a really great service. It's very simple. Um, so if you're, you know, you need to use for like mass quantities. I know people use it... Uh, for events and things like that. I've got a friend that works at a, uh, a large streaming organization and uh, okay. she said she's used Drizzly for that. So, All right. So concerts have pretty much been canceled. Right. Other uh, than the only, only people who I've seen who said we're still going to try to do it has been Motley Crue. They still claim that they're going to get their, uh, their summer tour in. <laughs> the Rolling Stones canceled their tour. Uh, I, I, we're waiting to see at the See Here Festival this year. Down in Asbury will be canceled. I wouldn't because that's in September. Oktoberfest in Germany's already been canceled. That's in right. September. And I bought back in February uh, tickets to Dead and Company at MetLife Stadium. The triumphant return of Bob Weir and Mickey Hart and Billy Kreitzman to the area that was at one point Giant Stadium. A right. legendary venue, an area mm-hmm. for the Grateful Dead. Some of their best shows were performed in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Was very Precisely. excited to see this show. Pearl Jam was postponed. We're supposed to go to Nashville to see them, uh, but I did get the notification from from the uh, Ticketmaster folks and Dead and Company that the entire tour has been canceled. Right. So I'm going to get my money back. Which okay, that's great. But mm-hmm. I I also the neat thing is that I have these. I have a ticket stub. For a concert that was canceled because of this historic event. Right. Uh, so that got yeah, me thinking that uh, 
So in lieu of a lot of concerts being canceled, uh, Dead & yep. Company is actually doing some really neat that they've hooked up with Nugs, where if you can't be at a show during a tour, you can pay per view to watch different right. stops on the tour. Uh, yep. They have been running every Saturday night. They call it One More Saturday Night. And they've mm-hmm. been running Dead & Company concerts. So, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I got to see the City Field show that I was at last summer, which was really neat to watch it. Uh, you know, things that I might have missed while doing a beer run or whatever run. Uh, right. so, so that was really cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I think other places are starting to do that. So with that in mind, we decided we should probably look up for you guys a guide on concert films. And then we stumbled upon a list from our friends at Rolling Stone. <laughs> exactly. Our good buddies. So. Yeah, so uh, uh, what Robert said exactly in um, just, we just started, you know, sh- you know, to, to give you a little peek behind the curtain here is we will bat around something like, oh, you know, maybe let's talk about this. And then we'll just say, let's see if we can find somebody who did a list about this. And, you know, lo and behold, Rolling Stones had one. Or, you know, uh, um, we'll just be scrolling through Twitter and say, oh, Hey, look! They did a, a, a you know a list of you know top ten uh, songs with uh, male and female vocals. Let's talk about this. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, th- this was a, a a you know a nice confluence of we were talking about it. We had been watching uh, music videos. I had just recently rewatched the, the Last Waltz um, of a, above and beyond that kind of for similar reasons to Robert in that I just had a, a fix to see some live music because I wasn't going to get to see any this summer. So uh, uh, this is a, a nice confluence of events here. Now, the rules are being bent uh, for the second week in a row here. This is only 10. This is written by the editors of Rolling Stone. They uh, did a... And this was posted on March 14th, 2012. So, so it is about an eight-year-old list. Uh, so we need to ca- couch that in there. Mm-hmm. They went to the readers and asked to name their favorite concerts of all time, and they compiled their list of, of top ten. So it is a top ten. There is no other parameter for it. Right. Uh, so I don't know if these, because you could, I, but I guess concert film is the parameter, right? There right. has to be a, a prolonged performance of a concert in the film right. versus just the documentary. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking as I as I sifted through this and was thinking like, oh, they didn't have anything this, they didn't have this. I'm like, oh, that's not really a concert film that they, you know, there's no, you know, there's no Beatles concert film. I guess you could call Let It Be and the sequence on the roof there. But even that is not, you know, that's only 20 minutes of, of an hour, an hour and a half movie. Right. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's primarily concert films, and when we get to our suggestions, we came up with some uh, uh, some ones that were also primarily concert films as well. So, starting with number ten, yes, that's "Bullet in a Bible," which uh, I have never seen. Um, I did the little read up. Um, that's a Green Day uh, concert film. Uh, where did that say? From twenty oh five, their American Idiot 2005. tour. And wh- where was that filmed? Uh, the Milton Keynes National Bowl in England. Yes, in England. Yes, you know I I've always liked Green Day. Fair enough, uh, and it looks pretty good. And you know, for them, this is kind of like a this was after American Idiot, 
So, you know, with all the, the stuff from that album, plus, you know, the first couple albums they had before then, this is kind of a, you know, a classic, uh, kind of a, a band kind of at the, the, the peak of their powers type of uh, look at it at, at a concert film. Have you seen it, Robert? Never seen it. This is very interesting because there are. Uh, I'm I'm sort of curious as to if if we have both not seen <laughs> the same films. Yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, number nine, Son of the Times, Prince, 1987, which was uh, recorded on the tour, basically behind you know backstage tour footage and concert footage from the Sound of the Times tour of 19... This came out in 1987. I think that the tour was 86. Correct. I believe. Uh, I have not seen this, but I've seen clips of it. I've seen parts, or, you know, maybe I've caught a bit of it on TV once or twice. Have you seen it? Uh, probably only what was clipped down and used as music videos in on MTV. Uh, right. Or even VH1. Uh, I don't, right. I don't... I have a fond... And profound respect for Prince, mm-hmm. but I was never a like I don't own any prints uh, other right. than I think at one point I had the We Are the World album on cassette, and he <laughs> he does a track on that. Yep. Uh, but I don't. I, it's again profound respect for Prince. Uh, Eric Clapton has called him the greatest guitarist in the world. Just not my uh, total cup of meat. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I've. I've. It's. It's funny. Is he's another one of those guys that I've. Uh, I. You know. I probably had one or two albums and had like the. You know. The singles collection or the greatest hits collection. Um, yes. I think I had Purple Rain and I had singles and maybe one. One other. It, it, yeah. Similar with you. He wasn't completely mine, but. Um, Oddly, after he passed away, you know, I had a, you know, like everybody else, had a little bit of a renaissance and started going back and listening. And then um, again, just recently, I uh, I listened to Questlove's podcast. I think that's uh, uh, sorry, Robert. That's a uh, iHeartRadio podcast, the uh, Questlove Supreme, I think it's called. Yep. And he had on uh, Jimmy Jam of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who were. In the time, Morris Day in the time, mm-hmm. which uh, started around, you know, we're, we're contemporaries of Prince and we're in the Purple Rain movie. Um, but then they were, he was also in Prince's band uh, and was famously fired. Him and Terry Lewis were fired from Prince's band for missing a flight because they were stuck in a snowstorm or something like that. But um, he was on, they had, they, he talked to Questlove for so long that they had like three three they turn in the three podcasts and he had some just fantastic print stories and and you know more stay in the time uh stories uh so it was uh so it, it led me to go back and listen to some early prints uh and it is actually uh you know it is pretty good and i enjoy it so i will actually try to look for this movie just to check it out and see what it's all about and we get to number eight shine a light uh the rolling stones um I have seen this, um, but I, I, to be fair, I mostly skimmed it. It's uh, I like the Rolling Stones. I like them a lot, uh, but like I don't know anything modern day ish Stones. I, like seeing it once was kind of enough for me. I, I, I don't really have even going back now as I prepared. I wasn't super into going. I just watching the 
five minute little trailer thing. It's like, oh, all right, they they do a much <laughs> they do much better versions of some of these songs further down on this list. So yes. uh, <laughs> now, it was skip skippable for me. Uh, I so I didn't know the Jack White buddy guy, Christine Aguilera were in it. Uh, now, what's interesting, I want to pause here because we are talking about the Rolling Stones. Um, do, have you heard of the recent, within the last few weeks, controversy between or little sniping between Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney? So it's funny you bring this up because um, I listened to somebody sent me the link uh, or a, a, a cutout of Howard Stern interview with Paul McCartney. So um, I didn't listen to it when it was live, but I, he posted, he posted the entire interview the next day on one of his serious channels or in that serious app that I have on my phone. So I listened to it and, you know, it was Howard being Howard saying, you know, like, Oh, you know, I, you know, I just don't get it. Well, people don't consider you the best band ever and all the great songs you did. And, you know, you know, he was just trying to get a, a rise out of them. And I, you know, Paul's take, you know, you could say a lot of things about Paul McCartney, but he, he, he's like, his thing was like, yeah, you know, of course it's your band. I think we're the best band. And I, and since then I've, I've read the headline, the, you know, the clickbaity headline, whether it was on Twitter, whether it was, whether it was on, you know, the a website or wherever. And that, you know, Oh, Mick Jagger responds to Paul McCartney's claim that the Beatles were the best band of all time. And like, I, you know, I'm like, you know what? I don't even need to, <laughs> I don't even need to waste my time here. Cause he's probably going to say something stupid. And like, I, like, I don't even need to, it's whatever. What, what did he say? Well, uh, McCartney said that, you know, well, we always liked each other, but, uh, you know, the Beatles, he said, we always liked each other, but the Beatles were a better band. And Mick Jagger countered with, yeah, that's great. Uh, however, uh, my band ha has filled athletic stadiums for 45 years. Mm -hmm. Your band stopped touring before touring was a viable business for bands. <laughs> and oh, by the way, your band does not exist anymore. <laughs> which, which is the, you know, that's kind of the uh, a-hole thing to say. Right. You know, it, it, they may have gone, I mean, we've gone through this before, and that's probably a whole other discussion we can have with right. somebody, is had John Lennon not been assassinated, would the Beatles have toured in the 90s? Mm, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, when I think about it, I always think to ABBA, like the amount of money that they would give ABBA to reform, uh, take that, and, and they still haven't done it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think one of those, whether it's John or George, would have said no to it. Um, yeah, and or both. So then it would have been like a Paul Ringo, um, right. Mickey Dolans, <laughs> and... and um, Peter you know, Tork. Peter Tork tour. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, all right. Yeah, so uh, that, uh, that was just curious if you had seen that. I was, yes. I was, I, I was, you know, I was curious if you had seen that. All right, moving on. All Number right. Seven. Uh, Number seven, live at Pompeii, Pink Floyd, which I've seen parts of. I don't know if I've seen all of it. I think I've seen all of it. It's very um, trippy, <laughs> shall we say? Maybe maybe better discussed on our last uh, or two episodes ago. <laughs> uh, <trippy laughs> our four twenty episode. Yeah. Trip, trippy is a great 
is a great word for that. Absolutely. Right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. It's just them playing amongst basically the, you know, an old Roman Colosseum in Pompeii, right? There's no crowd. Correct. It's uh, there were some there were some fans that snuck up into the I don't know the balcony or whatever the outer edges outer fringes right. of this ancient Roman amphitheater in Pompeii. What's in, so it's just a crew. What's interesting, and I saw this a very bad V. I don't even think it was on DVD. I I, I remember seeing it on VHS in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so potentially. Uh, when was when did this come out? This came out in 1972. So yeah, I mean probably 22 years after it was released. Right. Uh, when I lived in Boston, when I was working at a radio station in Boston, I lived with a couple mm-hmm. guys from work, and we got baked one night on a you know whatever night it was, and watched this right. film. So I don't remember much of it. <laughs> I just remember seeing it. I remember kind of being blown away. To your point, it's a very trippy movie, and we might have been, you know, tripping balls, as the kids say. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I would like so, to revisit it. Yes, exactly. Just reading up, reading back up on it, and and looking at the clip, uh, I thought the exact same thing. So, um, number six, "Gimme Shelter," Rolling Stones. Now, this is the one I would I would go with rather than "Shine a Light." Um, so this isn't. You know, this, I think it's taken from, they chose them in the recording studio. I believe the recording, um, Sympathy for the Devil. Then it shows them in concert at MSG. And mm-hmm. then it kind of goes, kind of does a little bit of a Woodstock thing where it, it talks about the whole setup and the, the press announcements and the securing the place, moving it from Golden Gate Park to a different location uh, for the Altamont show. Uh, and then shows parts of the Altamont show. But what they Including do... Including the um, basic riot that, that right, happened. Right, exactly. What they do do there is um, they sh- kind of show them editing it, if, if that makes sense. So they'll show, they'll show them playing I Can't Get No Satisfaction, and then they'll pan out from that and show Mick Jagger in a editing bay looking at the clip of the, you know, looking at the raw footage of it. Um, and they'll do that for, you know, uh, the press conferences or, or things like that. And I, I seem to remember, um, that they do that also for when the guy gets, uh, stabbed as well. Correct. Correct. Yep. And it, it, right. it uh, so it was the 69 tour. I think the film came out in 70. Right. Um, yeah, it is. It, but it, I absolutely think it belongs on the list where it does. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's um, it's great. You know, uh, I believe is that the one where uh, the the dead show up and and they basically are told kind of what's going on and and they're like and, they get, <laughs> and, and Jerry they Garcia is like, oh, yeah. so that's the, the scene here, man. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So and yeah, and then they just—I I don't do they do the dead even play? Did they like just scram back to they know, get back wanted, in the helicopter? And, they wanted no part of. They didn't want any of that shit, do we? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, number five. Number five, rattle and hum. Um, rattle and hum, which is basically 
a documentary of uh, U2's Joshua Tree tour. So it came out in 88. But so this, I think the Joshua Tree was released in 86. Mm-hmm. So this was filmed in 86, 87, mostly in their USA tour uh, throughout the USA. Um, and the um, the the write-up in the Rolling Stone article did a very an amazing job of capturing both what was good and bad about this. Uh, and then they are, they, you know, if, if you have an opinion of Bono, that is, he's kind of um, uh, pompous or telling you how to live for <laughs> throughout your life. This is, this is the origin story of that. This is where it all kind of comes, you know, all his, you know, in my book and your mister and, and all that stuff. And, you know, him, the, you know, pontificating or you know wanting to go uh, um but also just some amazing performances some great uh some just basically catching you two at their absolute peak of you know coming off of probably you know you know one of the top classic rock albums of all time Mm -hmm. and on tour for it and you know just the band sounds great um but you know but also just kind of showing kind of as with every band when you get that big and that successful you just kind of go a little bit nuts exactly yeah i have seen it uh i do love it uh for mm-hmm. all of those reasons that right. you just described uh, <laughs> plus bb king so yes and the, the exactly. companion album along with it is great yep. uh, as well yep. and that has this was them doing on that tour um when the rest of the world that hadn't picked up artists against apartheid some yep. city record, uh, a, a, I don't like this version of silver and gold. I prefer right. the original written yep. and recorded in a hotel room in New York city. <laughs> but even, he, <laughs> even the way he tees up the song to tell right. everybody that this was written for the artists against apartheid. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, calm down, there, Mr. Fox. <laughs> Everything's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So good. All right. And uh, number four, uh, classic Woodstock. Um, the, you know, famous, you know, uh, you know, not only famous for capturing, uh, you know, one of the seminal moments in music history, but also used a lot of, you know, the way it was filmed, the way it was edited, the split screen, the multiple cameras uh, showing, you know, showing, you know, showing on the screen all the different, you know, uh, kind of different <clears throat> angles, like three or four and, yeah. pictures at once. Uh, very, um, just some remarkable things and catching some, you know, just incredible things. Um, Jimi Hendrix, Star Spangled Banner. Here comes the sun by who is that? Uh, Richie Havens. Richie, Richie Havens. Um, yeah, just some uh, amazing stuff. Now, there's a bunch of people that are on that played, like I want to say CCR, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Did they not? Did, did uh, those kind of they? Did they not approve to be posted in the movie? Because I don't well, remember seeing them in the movie. Ravi Shankar didn't make it. Right, Mountain played, CCR played, but didn't get Blood, Sweat, and Tears. The band, uh, right. the Grateful Dead, they all just didn't like their performances. They, right. they couldn't hear each other. I mean, Jerry Garcia, there's a little clip of Jerry Garcia rolling a joint. Marijuana, Exhibit A. But the Dead hated their performance. Right, now, exactly. Now, Crosby, Stills, 
and Nash played. Mm -hmm. uh, they did Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, I believe, and uh, Find the Cost of Freedom. Okay, right. Um, and then the song Woodstock was used. Uh, well, they did, sorry, actually, they did Long Time Gone, uh, Wooden Ships, Sweet right. Judy Blue Eyes. This is the part where they say, you know, this is the, this is our second gig ever. Right. We're scared shitless, except that right. everybody thought it was CSN. No, actually, CSNY were booked. They had just formed, so it was the right. second. But Neil Young did not want to be in the... So they did CSN stuff. Neil Young was off uh, camera. Oh. Okay, would not right. be filmed uh, because, as, as we have determined, Neil Young <laughs> is a dick. Um, and then the song Woodstock... Right. Uh, written by Joni Mitchell. Right. Perf Who basically, Stephen Stills told her not to go, or was it Graham Nash or so, yeah, whoever? Yeah, sure. Whoever was with her at the moment. So it probably right. wasn't Stills. It was either Crosby or, or Nash. Um, right. So she was watching it on television in New York. Right. Yep. Uh, or the coverage of it. Wrote the song. Yep. And then CSNY recorded it for the Deja Vu record. Yep. They used it in the film. Film came out in 1970. Right. Fairly, one of the interesting things about this film is uh, that it was released in March of 1970, uh, the original theatrical release, of a, a three-day crazy show. Mm -hmm. um, and the f all of this footage was shot. Right. Uh, from August of 1969. So, what is that? Uh, October, September, October, November, December, January, February. I mean, like six, seven months later, right. the finished product hits theaters, uh, mixed and everything. You you don't have that happening today. It takes right. a year or two to mm -hmm. secure your rights and all of that. So, and that's how the rest of the, most of the world remembers Woodstock because of the film. Right, exactly. Except for you know, handful of the people that were there. It right. is a, it is a. I love it. It's a great film. Um, I was impressed that my parents let me watch it because there's <laughs> there's nudity in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably in junior high school when I first saw it. So you know, fifteen <laughs> years after it came out. So let's mosey on over here. This is Number three. Three is stop making sense. Talking heads. I have seen this, um, and it's. Um, it's famous because it's done by Jonathan Demi, mm -hmm. and it's very. If you know any Jonathan Demi movies, uh, TV shows, it is very much of his. You know, it's very stylized. It's very, um, you know, uh, just a very unique presentation of the band. It's it's interesting that you stylized. It's it is, but not in a way that I think a lot of people. Would picture a use picture a film yep. if you'd use the word stylized. It is right. very stripped down. Yes, you don't see the audience until the end. You hear them. Yep. So it's not like live in Pompeii by the right yep. by Pink, by the Pink Floyd, which one's <laughs> pink? It, but I love how it builds. It starts out with just David Byrne. Yes. So they this, kind of build up as an ad members and ad instruments as and songs this, mm -hmm, go through yeah. the set. Yep. And that's, I mean, the video for, uh, once in a lifetime is yep. from this 
film. Mm-hmm. And that's how all of us of our age mm-hmm. think of, you know, oh, it's the, it's the, you know, it's the talking head suit or my David Byrne suit because he's wearing mm-hmm. this ridiculously large, oversized yep. gray or white suit with the giant shoulder pads. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so you have, sorry, you have a, you have a, a an art school band mm-hmm. that made a giant art film. Yes, exactly. Uh, number two, the song remains the same. Led Zeppelin, nineteen seventy six, uh, filmed on their House of the Holy tour. Yep, right from nineteen seventy three. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I you know probably the ultimate in terms of touring, being on the road, uh, catching a band at its at its height. Just the the kind of like the ultimate. Um, and it also has the, the, like the four little segments that they kind of each film by themselves, right? The little kind of, uh, the, the fantasy, I, the, not yes. the fantasy suite. That's another show. The, yeah. fa- the fantasy <laughs> sections, if you will. Right. Jimmy Page's idea was to give the audience a peek inside the mind of each of the individual members at various points during the show. So, uh, Robert Plan is this conquering Viking type person, and and uh, uh, John Paul Jones is just this weird English. I can't even remember. I don't even know how to describe it w- w- mm-hmm. well during No Quarter. And Jimmy Page is the you know the man up on the you know like the open cover of it. He, he embodies if you look at the the cover of the self titled Led Zeppelin album or Zeppelin Four. He's that you know Zoso man up on the hill and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And during Bonzo's uh, mantra, no, it's not Bonzo's mantra. During Moby Dick, yep, you have Bonzo's. Well, what you know? What's inside my head? I'm going to go get drunk after this. <laughs> I'm going to drive my hot rods. Right. Uh, and even their manager, Peter Grant, which nobody really knew who he was. The audience didn't necessarily know who he was. He's got a whole thing at the beginning with his cricket bat, and he's running around, you know, bashing people. I mean, that's how it starts. That that, or he's a gangster, um, because that's that's who Peter Grant was. I would say my one of my favorite quotes from a film ever, and that you and I have used frequently throughout all the these. time. Yep, <laughs> and uh, well, here it is. Two dates. This is tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. I don't know why I love it. I just love John Paul Jones's take on that. <laughs> but I think it's it's a it, it is a it is a great film uh, that took three years for them to put together. Apropos of what I was saying about Woodstock, it took them three years to put this whole thing together, right? Because uh, it kept having problems, and right. Ahmed Erdogan, the chairman of Atlantic Records, said, "This is shit." Don't don't put this out. Um, <laughs> Peter Grant at one point said it was the uh, if I remember the quote right from from my copy of um, Hammer of the Gods, it's something like it was the most expensive home movie ever. I think Peter Grant said <laughs> number one, uh, and I think rightly so, is the last waltz by the band, nineteen seventy eight. Now this is. Was this 1977? Um, is 76. Wow. Another thing. Talk about taking a while to come out and, and get released. 
This was the ba- the band's final show concert uh, at Winterland in uh, San Francisco, the Thanksgiving night, 1976. They, you know, they fed everybody. They gave them a Thanksgiving dinner. They had people reading from the, uh, uh, what was it? The uh, uh, Jeffrey Chaucer. What's his? Uh, Canterbury uh, Tales? The Canterbury Tales. They had the prologue. Somebody read the prologue uh, and do other poems. Uh, and kind of like what we were talking about before with the Rolling Stones, uh, Shine a Light, they had a whole bunch of guest stars come up and play with them. So uh, my favorite was uh, Van Morrison in a, like a purple jumpsuit jumping around the stage singing Caravan. Uh, but Neil Young, um, Joni Mitchell, um, Eric Clapton, Buddy Guy, uh, at the end, Ron Wood, Ringo Starr, uh, you know, just, uh, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Yeah. Eric Clapton. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and my favorite is uh, the the first guy they, they bring up, uh, the guy who they started their touring with, uh, Ronnie Hawkins. He comes up and mm-hmm. just is screaming his head off singing, Who Do You Love? It's it's uh, it's hilarious. But um, great is this is another Scorsese film and very well done, very amazing camera angles oh and i can't believe we neither of us mentioned this uh it ends with bob dylan uh along set because you know the band became famous for being known as bob dylan's backing band right and uh he kind of comes out and and uh does this thing there's a uh, a great version of baby let me follow you down and uh just uh just amazing stuff when we were talking about woodstock you mentioned the way that that film was cut with the split screen. This yep. is really the next, and I think a much slicker way of doing that. I love how we go in and out of the what's happening on stage into what happens backstage, what happened the night before. Right. Uh, yep. Then the interviews that were clearly filmed much later. Uh, the only thing that I, and this is a film that I watch on Thanksgiving every year or around that long weekend. I, mm-hmm. I make it a point. It is some people watch uh, Miracle on 34th Street or uh, what's the it's one? A Wonderful with the, Life. Yes. Or watch A Wonderful Life uh, over yep. Christmas. I watch this over Thanksgiving. Uh, love it. The only hole I poke in this is the weird studio we have to get the staple singers in. So right. we're going to film them over here because they couldn't make the Thanksgiving concert. Right. And Emmy Lou Harris right. does that. And then there's the whole, there's also the scene on like other stuff that they're working on, like post the band that they, they show them working on, which also doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But you know, that's, a, I, although I do love the version of the staple singer singing the weight. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was great as well. But yes, it was very, you know, very, um, I don't know. Have you read? Uh, did you read Garth Hudson's? Uh, not Garth Hudson. Um, Levon Helm's book. Levon but... Helm's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I just think of that, and I just. I can't. I, I keep thinking, like, oh man, he just. He's now seen. I just keep thinking he must be miserable, or he must be like, mfing people to death during this. Uh, during you know, filming things in a you know on a movie lot thing. Uh, you know, and all other things. So. Well, right, because in 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 his in that book, uh, Helm, doesn't he say that he felt like uh, Scorsese and Robertson were all buddy-buddy and we yep. were kind of treated like 
the backing band for Robbie Robertson or something exactly. like that to, to right. that effect. Right. And they also tell the story of he goes to see he goes to see it when it comes out with Ronnie Hawk, uh, Ronnie Hawkins and <laughs> Hawkins at the end of it, it's like, oh, it's so good. You could never tell that they uh, turned off. Robbie Robertson's mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, the only other thing that I don't, that I wish, uh, and maybe there's a full version of it out there somewhere, the actual performance, but they only do, one of my favorite band songs is Chest Fever. I yeah. love the opening. Yes. I just love you know that what? song, they, and you only, they only get a little of it, and then they... Yes, they uh, show the long, what is it, the genetic, the something method? Uh, like the long organ solo by Garth Hudson. Mm-hmm. And then it that kind of, you know, kicks right into um, uh, Chest Fever. And um, they, yeah, they basically show maybe, you know, the first couple bars of it and then cut cut off with it. So uh, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the I, I've heard it. It's on the, you know, yep. it's on the box set. Uh, which is also something I listen to, you know, on a regular basis. So yep. now there's, there's, this is great. I think it's a good list, um, yep. but they could have gone at least five to 10 more, right? Yep, exactly. Without a doubt. So you, uh, you were able to do it pretty quickly right off the top of your head. And I added a couple others, but you know, no Monterey pop festival, um, which I think, you know, has probably even better performances sounds a little bit better um but wasn't as iconic but uh, oh then woodstock Woodstock. sure absolutely yeah Yeah. um the tammy show uh i always think of the tammy show when i've seen it um uh, but it was one of those things where it's in the police song when the world is running down Mm -hmm. you make the best of what's still around basically talking about things he wants to keep after a nuclear holocaust and one of them is james brown on the tammy show (laughs) Yeah, that was a great, that was a great R and B show. Yes. Um, film about that. Uh, now, Rock yep. and Roll Circus, Rolling Stones. Yep, n- was filmed mm-hmm. and never released until 1996. Yes, yes. Apparently, the 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 rumor has it is that the the Stones had the Who play before them and felt that the Who's uh, one performance of a quick one while he's away which is remarkable, by the way, um, was so good and theirs was so bad by comparison that they didn't want to release it. Yes. Uh, But you, which is bad because I wonder if, uh, I wonder if the public, had it been released in 1969 when it was supposed to have been, because I believe it was recorded December of 68. Yeah, that makes sense. uh, it, It would have, I think, helped uh, I think it would have helped people understand and accept Yoko Ono a little yep. better because yep. this was the debut of the Plastic Ono band. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got Eric Clapton and John Lennon. Eric Clapton, for a minute and a half, was actually part of the Plastic Ono band doing Year right. Blues. It's yeah, it's incredible. Exactly. And yeah, it is a it is highly great. coked up Eric Clapton. Yeah, it is. It is nuts. It's, it is great to, to go back and watch. Now, um, I put the Grateful, uh, the Grateful Dead, Dead movie, movie in here because yep. it uh, 
it is a tough film to get through. It's mm-hmm. very disparate. The performances are really good, but this is the Grateful Dead just clowning around. Right. Yep. Uh, but there are some real, now. There are other better filmed performances of the Grateful Dead. Right. But that were not theatrically released. Uh, but if you're talking about a concert film and doing interesting concert filmy kind of art, The Grateful Dead wouldn't belong in the top five or top ten, but definitely in the top 20. Right. But again, it's it's one of those things. You know, there's a there's a couple things that is just uh, coming back from a night out at at bars when you're, you know, in college or, you know just uh, chilling out and relaxing it's great to just have on and kind of space out too so yeah uh, i i'm gonna i'm gonna say it, it belongs on the list <laughs> yes and then i'm surprised they left out monty python at the hollywood bowl yeah which they do perform I mean, it's not a comedy f- uh album or right. it's not a comedy film because they do, they do sing. Now, I would have also, and if somebody was going to really argue us on uh, Live at the Hollywood Bowl, then I would go with the Secret Policeman's other ball because, oh, yeah. you know, that they what, wasn't Sting in that. He was, yeah. That was where the first time I ever heard. I think, yeah, at this point he was still in the Police, but he did Roxanne and Message in a Bottle, just solo acoustic, right? And that was kind of. As when he left the police and was on solo show, he would do, he would frequently do, uh, at least the first couple tours, he would just do those two songs, uh, kind of as encores, just on an acoustic guitar. Uh, Watt Stacks, uh, mm-hmm. another great classic. Yep. Uh, in vain, you know, so in the same vein as the Tammy show. The right. No Nukes concert from 1980. Yeah. Bonnie Raitt, Jackson Brown classic california governor jerry brown <laughs> yes there you go <laughs> uh and then you know you've got three that yeah, i had so, completely forgotten about yeah bring on the night which is uh stings um it's funny in that it's basically him on his first tour after the police when he first had his own solo band together with you know branford marcellus omar hakeem on drums uh kenny kirkland playing um Wow, actually, now that I think about this, another person featured here, Daryl Jones, is play, is the bass player on this tour, and in the first couple of years of his band, who is who is the bass player now for the Rolling Stones, and in, in that Shine a Light movie, though mm-hmm. he's not featured in <laughs> in anything, but uh, um, so you know, um, and it's basically him in there, just him kind of. I think that it's mostly they're starting the tour in Paris and him kind of in the band getting ready to play uh, and go out on tour in support of his first solo album. And he mentions specifically like, oh, you know, a lot of a lot of concert films and documentaries are about the ends of bands like The Last Waltz. So uh, he uh, <laughs> so he refers back to this list. Uh, the the another one is meeting people is easy radiohead this is after recorded during the okay computer tour of 1997 uh so i think this came out in 1998 um and uh as uh, a buddy of mine jim borger will point out that we 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 can he's been able to spot us at uh one of the one of the songs is recorded during their show at radio city music hall that we went and saw and I want to say like May or April of 1997. 
So there's that. <laughs> Actually, that, that you, might you have and been Jim are in a, you and Jim are in a concert film. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, this was for us growing up in the '80s and where we grew up. This was big because uh, we always I always heard about it, though I have not seen it, but I know it was talked about a ton because of apparently what Madonna says. But Madonna's Truth or Dare, which is basically her backstage, you know, her performing um, on her Truth or Dare tour right. and a lot of the backstage antics and talk, you know, you know, her which was training. all manufactured. Right. Exactly. All done for the performance. It's you're not really getting any document here. Right. I have seen pieces of this film uh, because I'm, I, it was probably one of the first, you know, was released on home video shortly thereafter. I don't know. Some girlfriend yeah. was watching it or, or whatever, but I confuse it with. Didn't they do a t- with the? Uh, she appeared on Saturday Night Live That's in a right, Wayne's yeah. World sketch right around that time, and it was filmed <laughs> in black and white. And I think Wayne's like kind of hooks up with her, right? I think so. That that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So in my head, it might those be. Things were, might it, it? Could it be? It might be Garth, but. Or sure, no, either or could have been. Listen, knowing Madonna, it could have been both. And wasn't there also a coffee table? Wasn't the coffee table companion book sex part of this whole? Yes, exactly. It's right. It's all in that that general area where it's like her basically posing nude, talking about her general area. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. So, So what do you what's what's your verdict on this uh, RDM? I think they could have gone bigger. Yeah, I think they could have gone more than 10. Uh, but yep. I do believe if it is a reader's poll um, from 2012, right? Uh, then that makes sense. Although, I'm actually, another one I just thought of was the, uh, what is it called? Hey, I Shot This or something uh, from 06. Was it, it was uh, the Beastie Boys sent camcorders oh. out and, and had the audience film the show. Okay. Um, and they spliced together all the footage from fans. Uh, it's an interesting. interesting thing, but no, I think this, this look, as long as the last waltz is where it was, uh, yep. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's good. I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, there's a couple things I would change out a couple things I, I didn't know and maybe, maybe I'll go and see, but, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I think it does a good job of capturing it. Maybe making it 20 would have helped. Well, at least look at these are 10 films for us to be able to find for you guys all to be able to find. Yep. On whatever streaming service it might be out there or if you have an old DVD copy laying around or if you have a VCR, whatever it is. But this is something while you're home and missing live music. This is another opportunity for you to go watch some really great live music and the uh, especially with Song Reigns the same. Right. uh, Some really interesting trouser choices by Robert Plant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right and with that uh, we want to thank you for listening and uh you can follow us on our uh in the following channels on twitter at, at radio free jersey instagram at rfj of all time r-f-j-o-f-a-l-l-t-i-m-e uh facebook is just look search for radio free jersey or online at radiofreejersey.com and please help us. Uh, we love the reviews that we're getting. We could use more of them. Just tell a friend about us and then head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. We are really trying to hit the charts. And uh, we can we can do that if we, uh, if we all pull together as a team. So thanks yeah. again for everybody. Exactly. Thank you. 
This podcast is a production of Radio Free Jersey.